Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have some awesome, awesome news for you. Our partners at Bet Online continue to get it done as the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from NFL uh, early uh, futures to uh, all the Major League Baseball and a heck of a lot more. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B L E A V to get started. You get into the action, you get the bonus, and hey, Bet Online is going to make it happen for you. Bet Online, where the game starts. MyHotTub.com is a global leader in the hot tub industry with over 25 years of experience. Their hot tubs are built in the United States with the highest standards of quality control, an extensive warranty, and customer service representatives available seven days a week. They offer free shipping to your home with factory direct pricing and incredible financing plans. Visit online at MyHotTub.com or stop in Destiny USA today. MyHotTub.com. Whether online or in person, you better hurry because these spas won't last. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Welch & Company Jewelers, Burn Dairy, Bowers & Company, CPAs, and our terrific friends over at MyHotTub.com. Go ahead and log on to MyHotTub.com today. You can get a hot tub delivered right to your doorstep, and if you're in and around central New York, stop by the Showcase and Destiny USA. MyHotTub.com, MyHotTub.com. Tip of the cap, thank you as well. To the Swan and Whitaker families, Ken's Auto Detailing, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Camillus Golf Club for their support of the platform. What a U.S. Open it was, right? I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous tournament. Um, I'm going to get into a, a lot of the specifics. Um, I'm going to obviously talk um, at length about, you know, the the winner. Um, you know, here's a, a youngster who goes into the, the record books with, you know, Jack Nicholas and Julie Inkster, as far as both men and women, men, it was just Nicholas, uh, to win the U.S. Amateur, um, you know, and uh, and the U.S. Open on the same golf course. Um, and that's pretty rarefied air. It's pretty awesome. And Matt Fitzpatrick, I think, is going to be here to stay. You know, he's, he's a darn good player. Uh, the Englishman just seemed like he didn't have any... Um, you know, any fear, uh, he just was kind of, you know, he just kept on kept keeping on, right? Um, and so I, I just, you know, he was really, he was really amazing. I mean, he, you know, went up against the tour's best. He started out par, par, birdie, par, birdie. So tons of confidence after that, obviously. Then he had a bogey, came back strong with par, birdie, par to finish the nine. Um, he made huge putts when he needed to. The tee to green uh, performance was spectacular. Um, back nine, he was tested, 10 and 11, two bogeys. And you thought, oh, what's going to happen? And he proceeded to go par birdie, par birdie, par, par, par to finish it out, you know, and had some great shots, had an unbelievable shot out of the sand. Um, you know, and this leaderboard was pretty darn good, too. I mean, let's be honest. You look at it, you had the world's number one in Scotty Scheffler. He had to oust him. One of the hotter players on tour and a dangerous player in Will Zalatoris. He just can't figure out the putter. 
Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama, a recent Masters winner. Colin Morikawa, one of the great young players in the game with two majors already. Four-time major winner Rory McIlroy. I mean, he had to, you know, kind of oust all those guys. Not kind of, he did. Um, and I thought it was just wonderful. You know, this golf course has so much history. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about how much I, I would have loved to have gone to, to, to see the place. Um, but Brookline, I mean, it goes it goes a long, long, long way back. Um, and if you know the, you know, the history of, of golf and, and you know, um, you know, what's happened um, at that course, um, Francis Omey, of course, was an American amateur golfer who was frequently referred to as the father of amateur golf in the United States. He won the U.S. Open in 1913 and was the first non-Britain selected captain of the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews. Um, He's in the World Golf Hall of Fame, 1974. Um, He won uh, two majors, and uh, he played in an era basically when the amateurs were included as a major. Um, The British amateur, U.S. amateur, PGA Championship, and U.S. Open were the four. Um, And then things changed, obviously, into the Open Championship and all the rest. But, um, you know, this is... uh, Pretty, pretty cool stuff. I mean, this is a pretty great, you know, pretty great uh, uh, history of it. Um, you know, bringing him up. Um, he was born in Brookline, Massachusetts. I mean, he was he was there. Um, and, you know, his family purchased a house across the street from Clyde Street in Brookline uh, on Lee Street. And it was right across the 17th hole of the country club. And... A very poor family. Um, you know, they're near the bottom of the economic ladder. And that's not really where you, you know, you couldn't be there if you were a, an American golfer who was hoping for any kind of success. Frankly, any golfer at any time, but America, especially for that era. And, you know, I tell you, you, you look back at those kind of pioneers and it's pretty cool, uh, the historical significance of this U.S. Open. Um you know, he became interested in golf at an early age. He started caddying at the country club at age 11, uh, used his brother's clubs, used his brother's balls, um, you know, to get his way around the course, taught himself how to play. And uh, he was, you know, the best high school golfer in the state eventually. And uh, his uh, father suggested he drop out of high school when he was a junior and do something useful. And um, he worked at a dry goods store before landing a job at a sporting goods store owned by future Baseball Hall of Famer George Wright. I mean, it's those kind of things that are just, what? And uh, Omey, of course, won the uh, the Massachusetts Amateur um, at the age of 20. Uh, he won it five more times, um, and, and the rest is, is basically history. But, um, you know, this is, this is pretty great, uh, the U.S. Open. And, you know, I'm not typically, I was listening to Hank Haney's podcast the other day, and I'm not typically, I obviously love the U.S. Open, but if I had to rank the majors, you know, I always go back and forth with Masters and the Open Championship as being my favorite. I would give anything to go across the pond and see an Open Championship, especially at St. Andrews, um, you know, the the royal birthplace of golf. In fact, I would just like to play St. Andrews, even if I score 700. Um, I would just like to play St. Andrews, and then I'll go to any Open Championship. I, I, I would really like to just, I'd like to see it and play it more than anything. If you gave me a choice of seeing it, playing it, or going to an open championship at St. Andrews, 
I might pick going to see it and play it just because I can say that I played it. Um, you know, and, and flat out reality, the situation is when you have, um, when you have the open championship, I love the fact that you can just, the second you wake up, golf is on, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, I've been known to in the past, not anymore, but I've been known to in the past, you know, set an alarm at 5am so I can just get up and watch the open. Um, you know, other times I've gotten up really, really early, watched a little bit, then gone and played golf and then come back, you know, like on a Saturday. Um, but it's just fantastic. I mean, the open championship is, is wonderful. Um, the masters is obviously the crown jewel tournament of all the majors. It's the crown jewel tournament of all, um, you know, all of the, uh, uh, basically all of the, 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 the tournaments on the PGA tour. Um, it was pretty cool to see, um, a couple of the live tour guys really struggle. I was happy about that. Um, you know, Phil Mickelson had a really brutal tournament. Uh, Louis Ostasen was brutal. Bryson DeChambeau was awful. Um, you know, just a, Sergio Garcia missed the cut. He was horrendous. Um, there were a lot of live guys who, who really crapped the bed in this thing, and um, I couldn't have been more pleased. All right, let's get to more Matt Fitzpatrick. Before we do that, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Tiny Bubbles Laundromat, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. Um, this was a star-studded leaderboard, really. I mean, right? It, it, it really was. I mean, you had uh, the guys that I mentioned, and you know, Fitzpatrick is one of these guys who uh, he's in his twenties. He's going to be here for a while. Um, but they talked a lot about the European influence and the Englishmen who have won Masters in the past. And, you know, I think one really, really, really huge thing for a lot of these guys is they know how hard it is to win tournaments, man. And it's doubly hard to try and win, you know, majors. And Nick Faldo is, you know, he's kind of the standard bearer for, for Englishmen, right? I mean, he's... He's got six majors. He never won a PGA, never won a U.S. Open, by the way. His best finish was second in 88. Best PGA finish was tied for second in 92. But he has three Open Championships, and he has three Masters tournaments. And, you know, Fitzpatrick was quoted as saying, and I'm paraphrasing something to the tune of, you know, that's the goal. Um, I, I want to win more than this. Um, he's a very level-headed kid. He's very confident, not cocky, and very level-headed. And... I just think he's a joy to watch play. He's just another player on the tour, right? I mean, there's so many good golfers. So many great golfers. I actually thought about it this past weekend. You know, last week I got chewed up. I mean, just for the second time in a week, I got just absolutely chewed up and spit out. I got eaten alive um, by Galuyat Golf Course uh, out at Turning Stone Resort and Casino. If you're ever... In and around Central New York, you got to get out and play Turning Stone. Uh, the amazing courses at Tunio, Shenandoah, they're just so fun. Um, Galuya, it's not really fun because it just beats your ass down. Uh, but in, twice in a week, I got absolutely slammed. Now, it's the only, it's the hardest golf course I've ever played in my life. And it's also the golf course where I don't say, oh, man, that's that that dictates how I play. And that's where I'm going to go here with Mick, Matt Fitzpatrick and some of these players at Brookline. Now, there were... A lot of really, really good scores on Sunday. I mean, we saw 68 from Fitzpatrick. We saw 67 from Scheffler. We saw 69 from Zalatoris. Matsuyama shot a freaking 65. 
Uh, we had a 66 from Morikawa, 68 from, you know, uh, Denny McCarthy, you know. Uh, Gary Woodland shot a 69. We had a 66 from Migliozzi. Uh, we had a 68 uh, from both Xander Shoffley and Mark Leishman. We had a 68 from Adam Scott, right? I mean, we had we had good scores. We had a couple of guys who finished plus six in this tournament in terms of Callum Terran and and and, and Dafu, and they both scored 69, you know, on the final on the final day. Um, so the U.S. Open has traditionally been uh, once in a great while. It's not, but traditionally it has been a a thick rough super tight, uh, wicked, fast, green type of course, and you just getting par is great, right? Well, there were a lot of birds, and there were a lot of really good rounds in the, in the last one, but it's still, Brookline, much, much harder than the majority of the golf courses that these guys play, and that's really saying something. I mean, it's one thing to go play the Canadian Open or the John Deere Classic or go play the Memorial or go play wherever, but when you see a guy, you know, four to six strokes worse on Brook, at Brookline or in a wing foot or wherever. Um, you know, that's kind of like me and many of you out there who just, you know, don't really, you know, we, we, we can't, we can't play a monster course, uh, that's really, really hard for us. It's just going to eat us alive. I mean, at Galuya, I, 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 <laughs> I was talking to my man, Trey Waluski, um, last week and he said that at Galuya he was in a tournament a couple of years back and there's tons of head pros were were shooting in the 80s. That's insane. That's like me shooting in the mid to high 90s for sure or 100 or a couple over 100. And that that that's kind of how it is. You know, golf is hard and the best players in the game have missed cuts. Nicholas has missed cuts, Tiger's missed cuts. You know, and I kind of equate that to like many of you and me um you know, I'm not that great of a golfer. I'd like to think that I'm not awful, but I can, you know, kind of hold my own. I don't play as much as I used to, which really hurts me. Um, I also have grade two arthritis in my knees, so that's not helping me these days. Um, but you know, when you're when you don't play that much and you play Galuya, well, you're going to get kind of probably eaten alive. There's nowhere to miss. Uh, same thing with Brookline. There's nowhere to miss. I mean, I saw probably two, three hundred really good shots over the weekend, and they had nothing to show for them because they went into the rough. They had to chop out, and by they, I mean basically everybody. Um, so I kind of equate it to that. The Brookline, you know, is a harder course than most that these guys play. Um, but by the same token, um, these guys shot well uh, at you know on, on the final day, and I think a lot of it had to do with the water. You know, the water was um, it, it, it was it was right there um, to to and again. A little bit of rain here, okay, and, and it softened a few things up, you know, for Sunday. But, again, back to Hank Haney, I heard him talking about this. He thinks that they might, you know, want to consider in next year's U.S. Open and future U.S. Opens, you know, consider watering a little bit. You know, because like I said, typically in the past, wherever the U.S. Open has been, um you know, they, they try to pride themselves on, you know, the really, really fast green, super, super tough, rough. Um, you know, some of the PGA championships have, have, have played um, more like a U.S. Open, depending on where the course is. Like next year, it's going to be at Oak Hill again in Rochester. Uh, it was there in 2013. It was there in 2003. In fact, I just 
pulled out my old programs from those golf tournaments. I covered, uh, I covered them both. Um, the first one I went as a fan one day and covered it one day. Um, and then I covered it in 2013. And so I just look at this whole thing and, you know, I'm not sure that the watering part, um, I, I don't like it when a place that is traditionally known for something just decides to do something because somebody puts pressure on them, right? Like, oh, the U.S. Open, the greens are too hard and fast. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll water then to accommodate you. No, no, no. You know, water it because you want to water it. You know, water it because you want to see what what the results could bring. You know, not because you're getting pressure cooked cookered into, you know, into in, into something by someone somewhere. Um, but I, I thought this tournament. I picked Rory to win it. Um, I really thought that he was going to win it going into Sunday. Um, you know, he he started out just really, really well. I mean, you, you, you get a birdie on that opening hole and you got to be feeling pretty good. Then he went par, then he went bogey. Then he went birdie, then he went bogey. Then he went birdie, then he went bogey. Uh, then he went par, bogey, par, par, birdie, birdie, and then par, par, par the rest of the way. Had a nice tournament. I mean, he finished minus two. But with Rory, and just like everybody else, you've got to put together four not good days, four terrific days of ball striking. And you've got to be at the top of your game for the majority of four days. If not that, then maybe it's it's three, and you got to break along the way in another round. Maybe you shot lights out one round, and the other one was even par. Um, but but in order to win a major championship, um, you know, like the U.S. Open, you've got to have an unbelievable, um, you know, you've got to have unbelievable discipline, and you've got to be at the top of your game for all four days. Typically, if you have a horrendous day, you can't catch up, and it's super hard to battle back from, especially, obviously, if you do it once or twice, you probably will miss the cut. Um, you know, if if you're doing it, you know, on a Saturday, um, you know, you're, you're probably, you know, you made the cut, but you're still so far behind. It, typically, it's better, you know, uh, to, to, to start fast. Uh, in a U.S. Open, because it's just, again, it's so hard to catch up. Um, you know, maybe that Thursday or Friday day, you know, try to get out to a head, good head start, you know. Um, and I think that this tournament really exceeded a lot for me. Um, you know, the only thing that looks weird at Brookline is that yellow clubhouse. I think it's like, it, it was the backdrop for Rich Lerner and the gang on Golf Channel, and I'm going, that's a really weird house. Like, it's a weird color. Why would you set up in front of that for a TV angle and the color of the of the picture? But, hey, whatever. Um, they made it work, I guess. But it was, just, uh, it was just a fantastic tournament. It really was. And I can't wait to see, you know, what happens with a lot of these guys coming up at the Open Championship, right? I mean, let's be honest right now. Um, you know, Rory is a really good Open player. Uh, Fitzpatrick's going to be hungry to win another one. Um, can Callum Morikawa get back into the major win column? Um, you know, there, there, there are a lot of guys on this tour who are tremendous, tremendous players. There's no other way to say it. And, you know, you can add Matt Fitzpatrick to the list. You know, he was just kept his moxie, kept his poise. Again, T to green was the best player. Oftentimes when you win a major, you are. Um, you know, his putter was striking pretty good too. I mean, really, really, really great effort. 
awesome performance out of Matt Fitzpatrick. And I thought the U.S. Open as a whole really, really exceeded, you know, what we maybe thought of it, especially, you know, honestly, especially considering that, well, you know what? All the crap about the Live Tour, right, was surrounding the sport, right, like a black cloud. We had that to deal with. We didn't have Tiger in this tournament, right? So there, there was a lot going on, um, you know, that wasn't there. Um, and, you know, the golfers went out. They didn't miss a beat. It was a terrific, uh, you know, it was really just a terrific uh, tournament. And uh, Scotty Scheffler, I mean, knocking on the door, man, you know, like this guy here, I mentioned Matsuyama. Matsuyama won the Masters last year. Scotty Scheffler won it this year. And I uh, I have a feeling he's going to be around again. But, you know, he talked earlier in the week uh, before the tournament about, you know, being number one and kind of flying under the radar and how he liked it. And he does seem to kind of relish the fact that people talk about him. You know, this year they talked about him as – you know, the hottest golfer in the world. Uh, however, <laughs> he is not garnering a, a, a million eyeballs, right? And yet he's number one. He's one of masters. So, boy, there are so many good players, I'm telling you. And so what do we have the rest of the way? Well, we've got uh, we got the, the rest of the month of June here. we got um, uh, the John Deere Classic coming up. Uh, we've got the Genesis Scottish Open. We got the Travelers this week. We got the Barbasol Championship. I mentioned the Open Championship. After that, you got the Barracuda, the 3M, the Rocket Mortgage, Wyndham, FedEx, St. Jude, BMW, and then the Tour Championship at the end of August. And so, uh, you know, the charge for the FedEx Cup will be real. And, uh, you know, I just think it's been a really great year in major golf. It's been a fun year. Uh, across the board, you know, Justin Thomas picks up a second major. He goes into rarefied air. Now we have Matt Fitzpatrick, another new kid on the block, who's going to be awfully tough to slow down in the coming years. Mike Lindsley with you here. It is the ML Sports Platter. Thanks for listening around all the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartMedia, Amazon Music, you name it, CastBox. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Get your tax-efficient retirement planning in and done today with Brian Conboy. Go visit him on LinkedIn, Facebook, and advisors.massmutual.com. That's advisors.massmutual.com. Big-time tip of the cap thank you as well to our friends from Brewerton Ace Hardware, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, and Rosie's Corner. Hey, if you're in and around Central New York, get on over to Rosie's this Friday for Fish Friday. Each and every Friday, it's Fish Friday with the entree version or the lunch version and the sandwich. You can get coleslaw, mac and cheese, fries with that uh, with that meal, and it's just delicious. Pizza wings for any and all occasions, stuffed shells, the classic American burger, hot and cold subs, including the meatball bomber. They've got it all going on. And hey, don't forget to pick up their canned wing sauce the Gold Fever flavor. It's on sale. They can it. You can buy it for uh, uh, a very good price up front. Uh, they've usually got them displayed, so make sure you try it. I, I would suggest to, to definitely order the Garlic Parm Wings and the gar- and the Gold Fever uh, at Rosie's because they are absolutely tasty. You can get some Lunas there as well, fresh salads, uh, desserts and drinks to go as well, chips on the side. Rosie's Corner getting it done. Burton Road in Burton, right in front of the Burton Bridge, and, of course, that's right off the Bartell Road exit on Route 11. 
Rosie's Corner on Instagram, Facebook, and of course, download the Slice app, and you can order right from your phone uh, and get Rosie's delivered off of the Slice app. Thanks for listening to this U.S. Open recap sort of show and Matt Fitzpatrick and the success that he had, and we'll see what lies ahead for Fitzpatrick and the rest of golf's top names. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports, and as I always tell you, Enjoy the games. Celebrate your whale of a dad with a fudgy the whale ice cream cake from the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design your dad wants, they make it happen. Your dad deserves a tasty treat this Father's Day. Soft serve ice cream, milkshakes, sundaes, shakes, and more. America's favorite since 1934. Carvel. Open seven days a week. Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. Stop in today. Fudge the whale is waiting for you thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.